0: I'm Carrington Vanston. And
1: I'm Mike McGinnis.
0: And you're listening to No Quarter, the classic, 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 classic arcade podcast. And man, is it early in the morning. It is earlier for you, because you're on Mike McGinnis time.
1: I don't know why I keep suggesting that we do it this early on a Saturday morning, because I always end up regretting it.
0: As you should. Yes, it's later for me, and thank goodness, because I was out quite late last night at a party, and it was fun, but I'm... uh, I'm feeling it this morning. <laughs>
1: yes, you, you ditched a recording last night to go out to a party with girls. What's
0: was wrong with girls. you, girls? Have you What's heard of girls? On? Girls are pretty awesome. Girls. I was Ew. hoping to meet some. Yes. <laughs> Hooray for girls. Did you have a good time? Uh, I did. I had an awesome time. Great. It was really, really fun, and I knew nobody there. The people that had invited me, all of them ditched. So I showed up at a party, a house full of people, none of whom I knew. <laughs> so, and I, the whole evening, I kept thinking, well, someone's going to show up who knows me, right? Nope. So it was just an opportunity to meet new people. <laughs> so, wow. But I had a really good time anyway. But yeah, it's uh, I don't come across this way, but I am actually a bit of an introvert. So uh, at first I was like, okay, so I'll just be in this house full of strangers. Will I? <laughs> so, But I ended up having a really, really good time. Good, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it, it was awesome. But I'm feeling it this morning and I'm stuffed up. So uh, I might just mute my mic. So that's all for me, folks. Enjoy the show with Mike McGinnis. Take it away, Mike. <laughs> so our listeners are going to suffer because of your... Awesomeness is the word you're looking for. The word you're reaching for when discussing me, Mike, is usually that. Uh, but luckily, we've got lots of other things that we could talk about because I've got a news and, and we've got uh, lots of feedback. And then we can discuss this this very strange game that's different than any of the games we've discussed so far. So it should end up being a really good show that you'll do single handed. Well,
1: let's uh, let's jump right into it, Carrington. Uh, give us the news.
0: I've got a news, a thing that really, really excited me that I saw over on, I think, uh, Kotaku, and I got really excited about it. And I think because I must have not been paying attention, so I will try to get all of you really excited about it, and then you can feel the disappointment that I felt. So there's this thing, the Game Box truck, and it's a truck. Imagine a pickup truck where the back of it has stacked with arcade games all facing outward so like flip out cocktail tables on the side and stand-up arcade games you can sort of gather around a truck that just shows up and says hey let's have an arcade right here where i've pulled it oh wow i know totally awesome and it's something that you can actually uh get yourself for uh 1890 yen which is like 18 bucks and then i started thinking well, that seems remarkably low for a vehicle. (laughs) And it turns out it's a one twenty fourth scale model. So I kind of looked at the image quick and then went down and was reading and I was all excited. Then I looked back at the image and went, yeah, that's not real. So um, coming soon will be a toy model of something that got me quite excited as an idea.
1: I think that, that somebody should, like, make the real thing of that model.
0: I think somebody should be well, I you. Bet you. Well, I bet you could make a good business of that going to parties and things like that. Totally. I think it sounds awesome. And I wish somebody near me had one of those. And, and you'd hear, it'd be like an ice cream truck driving around where you hear this. But instead, you're hearing, like, arcade sounds. Like, oh, that's Arcade cool. truck is here. And then you run out from work and you take a quick break and play arcade games. Come on. That'd be totally awesome. So anyway, I'll, have a, I'll put a link in the show notes to the model of disappointment, but also an idea that I wish existed in real life. Bar. Sort of like this show, a big disappointment. <laughs> but we wish it existed in real life. And considering the trouble we had getting uh, coordinated by Skype this morning and the the uh, uh, surprise that this episode does exist in real life.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, if you use Skype, don't upgrade. If you, no, just, just stop, right. if you use yeah, Skype, just stop don't. upgrading now because it, it continues to get worse and worse every time.
0: Uh, yes. Just, and Mike and I are not in sync. It just won't talk. Oh, I have a news. Hit me with your news that you have. The Space Invaders movie
1: in search of lost time. Right. We, t- we talked about that. And at the time it was available as a as an on-demand video download from Amazon. Boo. And or you
0: Amazon. you
1: could get it from Pirate Bay and donate to the filmmaker. Right. Yay. Which is
0: what we were suggesting. Yes. That's right.
1: Well now he has released the Space Invaders in Search of Time. Special three blue, three disc Blu ray edition that you can oh buy. Yes. And it is loaded with extras and all kinds of cool stuff. And you can order yours today. Uh, we will have a link in the show notes. And when I get mine, because I've already ordered it, we will talk more about it. Very,
0: very cool. Okay. Yes. So you can get that at thespaceinvaders.org. What, what, is, what does it cost? 30 bucks. That's it. You know what? I, when you say three disc Blu ray, I think much more than $30. Not that that's like nothing, but. That's a lot cheaper than I thought I was bracing myself for.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I th- figured it would be fifty or sixty bucks. But and if you are in one of those weird places that's not the United States, I hear they exist. I'm not sure I believe. In I'm that. in one of those weird places. I don't know if that's really true. But the discs are region free, so they will work on any
0: Blu-ray player. Oh well, hooray! I'm in the same region as you, though. But I am against regions. Think I'm against copyrights? Get me talking about region coding. <laughs> Uh, Across the
1: various ponds, lakes, rivers, whatever, from from the United States, you can also order this, and it will work just fine on whatever you use to play your Blu-ray
0: discs. That is pretty sweet, so I will make sure we have a link to that as well. Everybody should drop their 2,999 pennies on this. That's American pennies, though. American pennies. Not worth very much these days. Stamped little guns on the side of them. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what you guys should have. Instead of pennies and cents, you just go by caliber. (laughs) How much does this cost? Uh, It's a twenty-two caliber your little coins. I'm good with that. <laughs> oh, America, how you scare me! So that was my news. We do have some feedback
1: and and some general Mike complaining that's going to go on.
0: Mike complaining. Let's have some. So what should we do first? Uh, well, they sort of go hand in hand, I think. I will start with some emails. So let's see. Uh, Rex Allison wrote in, tell me that, or tell us, that my kids have been watching this cartoon on Disney DX, which is this cartoon. He says, I will tell you, it is Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures. She so says, my kids have been watching this cartoon on Disney DX, and I thought it was somewhat of a news item, being a classic arcade game-related. And he also says that there's a bit of artistic license going on in this show. Uh, And he points out three particular things. The first is that Pac Man is friends with Inky, Pinky, Blinky, and Clyde. What? All the other goats are out to get people. But there's an outrage. And I'm outraged. the outrage continues in that, being that he is somehow the last yellow pack person, he can eat ghosts without a power-up, but the power-up is just used to, um it, he says, enhance his ghost-eating ability. And also that he's an orphan, and this is a common Disney theme. So he gave us a link over to Wikipedia, so I will link to that. And I will also add a link to the show's official site, which is packisback.com hmm. I had never heard of this thing. Yeah, me either. Did, did you know this? I guess if you don't have kids, you don't know about this stuff.
1: No, I don't have kids. Um I do watch Disney, well, I, it's been a while uh, since I watched the Disney XD. I
0: don't what I don't know what Disney XD is.
1: Well, I think it's their their high def cartoon network. Okay. For shows that are made by or specifically for Disney. That's where I was watching, uh, uh, Tron Uprising until it was sort of canceled last year. Or I oh, was it? This year. I've yeah. only
0: just started watching it. That disappoints me.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. There's, so there's like 18 or 19 episodes and, and nothing really wraps up. And then there's all these, oh, then
0: I'm going to stop watching now, man. And
1: there's all these tweets from the, the producer and Disney's like, well, we don't know if we're going to bring it back. And so there's been no official announcement on a season two, but. It's looking less and less like that's gonna happen and it'll just sort of fade away and people will go one day, Hey, whatever happened to season two of a Tron Uprising? Which is a uh, disappointment because it's a really good cartoon.
0: Yeah, I started watching it because you had recommended it earlier on this show, and so I grabbed a bunch of episodes off iTunes, I think. And I watched the first few and I really, really liked them. So I had planned on you know, enjoying this whole series. So I'm gonna stop now though. I don't wanna watch just something that ends on a cliffhanger. Okay. That's why I normally watch television after it's done. Like, it'll fully end, it goes through, like, say, five seasons, and I'll ask people who liked it, was it worth it? Is it good? Does it end well? <laughs> <laughs> and then I will go watch the whole thing. It's like, I don't want to be reading a book that they say, oh, by the way, we're not putting out the last four chapters.
1: Not to get too far off the track here, but it, it's a, it's, the storylines are developing nicely, and you can tell that they had planned this for a multi-season story arc. Man,
0: I am disappointed. Well, anyway, packisback.com. This thing looks really weird. The whole look of this is strange to me, this these Pac-Man with legs and arms and hands, and I, I can't get my head around this Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures thing at all, so it doesn't look like it's for me.
1: This looks like something that's was more would have been a lot more appropriate in 1984 than 2013. But,
0: but it also looks like seriously for young kids, and I'm like very, very adult. Yeah, oh yeah, you're mature. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> So anyway, that was it. And also, Ken, Ken Gagney, you may have heard of him. He wrote in uh, with a quick email saying, A vital inclusion in any memorial arcade. And what is this inclusion, you say? Uh, was a link to a Penny Arcade comic. Penny Arcade comic for July 1st. Do you watch or do you um, uh, view Penny Arcade? No, I don't. Well, you should. This particular one is about Gabe wanting to build an arcade in his garage. And I'm not going to ruin the punchline because it's comic. But I will link to it in our our show notes. And um, Tycho is wise, and what Tycho says is correct, and Tycho disagrees with you, Mike. <laughs> so I thought it was a very good comic, and we will definitely link to it officially on our show notes. Well, any
1: anything that disagrees with me is probably right on track. So Well,
0: he's agreeing with me and most people. Your old man, Mike... <laughs> What else did we get? Oh, we got lots. We got... Oh, Victor Marlin. He wrote in. I want to talk about his email because he sent us a really, really nice one. He says he's an avid fan of your mine and Old Man Eyelashes podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. yeah. That's enough. <laughs> no no, more, it's no not. more of his email. We're, we're just <laughs> beginning. Um, so I'll only read bits of it, but it's got some really good stuff here. So... He recently took a trip to Fun Scott, or Funspot Fun Funspots and Barcade for his fortieth birthday. He was taken by his awesome wife. Uh that does sound like an awesome wife. So he listened to the Scramble podcast on the way back to the UK. I guess he's from the UK and he was just visiting the States. Here yeah, we go. So he first of all, he says, I gotta go to Funspot. Like and says he traveled over five thousand miles to go there, so I really have no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's actually pretty well. and everybody said, like, I can't. I kind of can't believe I haven't been there. And and I thought about trying to extend my trip back from K-Fest in a couple of weeks. And so I was thinking I could come back and just sort of swing wide to the right on the way home. But I have to be back by the first. So I I don't think I have time for it. And I want to make sure I really enjoy it. So I don't know. I will definitely go at some point soon. So anyway, he says, secondly, old man eyelashes. Didn't like scramble... And then he points out some things why why you should. For instance, uh, surely it was the first left-to-right scrolling shooter. And he asks, and I think he rightly asks, whether there have been any Gradius or R-Types without this? Maybe there would have been no rock and roll without Elvis. And he also says that before going to Barcade on his last uh, night in America, he was told by a fellow member of the JAMA Plus Arcade Forum that he should play a game called Swimmer when he got there. Hmm. And... He really liked it. He'd never heard of it before, and he loves it. And he says he's going to put it on our list of games that we should play. So I've taken a note. It says it's obscure, but and he'd never heard of it before, and he'd completely ignored it on name. And he thinks it's a, a serious miss. That it's like a really really fun game, and that that resonates with me because that's kind of the thing that I've enjoyed most about this series we've been doing. I love it when we look at games that that I know. Like, we talk about Space Invaders or whatever. But I particularly love it when you put forth a game we should play that I've never even heard of before. It's really fun to get exposed to something new in, you know, 30-year-old arcade games. So I love that he's recommended this swimmer game because I've never heard of it before. So I'm very keen to play it.
1: Well, that's one of the things that I've noticed. This is actually episode 40. 40, can you believe it?
0: 40! Well, then happy birthday, Victor Marland. This episode's for you. (laughs) But it's crazy
1: because... Of these, uh, we covered a lot of, uh, obviously, the really popular ones.
0: Like also- Sinistar, <laughs> which was awesome.
1: We've also covered a lot of more obscure games and even sucky ones. And it just occurred to me as I'm looking at the list of the games in MAME in front of me, there's 15,000 games or something like that. And even if you cut out the clones, there's still a couple thousand games. I I can't imagine that we'll ever get to every single one of these games, but I look forward to trying. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I also, I love it when we get to discuss a, a well-known classic because there'll be a lot to say about it because there'll be so much on the net. There'll be news. It will have resonance. It'll have spawned sequels. So there can be a lot of meat to those kind of episodes, more so than when you play some game. So. Well, no one's ever heard of this. No one ever played it, but it's kind of fun. There can be less to say, but it's still fun to play them.
1: And on the other hand, I don't sit here worrying that we are that we need to get to a popular game. Nope. There's plenty to do between now and, say, Galaga
0: ah Gallagher. yes coming up it is i'm taking you down eyelashes so anyway victor thank you for the email that was a really really awesome email. i love that kind of stuff like i we get a lot of email where it's just somebody writing in or posting on facebook or twitter that they like the show and that's amazing like the fact that somebody would take time to say anything even just i listen to your show and i hate it dude stop doing it whatever you reach out you're, you're making contact i'm pleased it's really nice to know that people listen but when somebody Spends the time as Victor did and as uh, Andrew did. That we'll get to his email next. I guess you know, it's really touching that somebody sit down and like actually write a long, detailed email and like share something like that. So anyway, it just it means a lot. I really like the email. So thank you very much, Victor. Yeah, feedback's a, a big part of why we do this. Yeah, yeah, it's really awesome. So Andrew Driver also wrote in a mm-hmm. long email, um, and I think you wrote back to him. Did I? I think so. Because I, I never write back to anybody, and I think I remember seeing a response to this.
1: He actually wrote an email telling us that we should prepare ourselves for his incoming email and i wrote back and said thanks andrew and he
0: did indeed write back with quite a bit Mm -hmm. yeah what i liked what andrew did was because he went to our show notes and that gives us an opportunity to bring up the show notes over on monsterfeet.com slash no quarter where we post the show if you don't subscribe through itunes or something which is really the best way to get the show because it just comes to you automatically but if you go to um our website you can not just download the mp3 or listen to it online you can also look at all the links we do put up a a whole bunch of links for each episode sort of everything we talk about we'll put there so it gives you almost like a a, a chapter list that you could follow through for the show and see if past episodes have something we've talked about that would be of interest to you so he went through the show notes for episode um, 38 which is uh, our scramble episode and sort of commented on each of the show notes
1: So a lot of this is is a stream of consciousness. Which I dug. Because I don't have any consciousness this morning.
0: (laughs) A stream of unconsciousness. Well, I've got a couple things that I want to address then, Andrew. But there's a few things you wrote that I thought were really interesting. Because we were were discussing the lengths of the show. Do we want to go longer? Do we include news? Don't we include news? Like, what works for the audience? And I'm really interested in hearing back from more people. Do you want the show shorter? Do you want them longer? Do you want us to include news if we have it? Do you not want to? Because I can see an argument against news. When we're talking about a game we're talking about feedback even that's kind of a universal thing that's not time-based so we're talking about 30 year old games and their resonance and the gameplay so you could go back two years from now and listen to an episode say let's pick one at random elevator action it was an awesome game mike loved it go back and listen (laughs) so and if we're just talking about the game that's something somebody two or three or ten years from now should be able to enjoy the full episode whereas if we fill up the first 20 minutes with news then that's all essentially old news now maybe that's interesting to people in the future i don't know so i can see arguments either way so i'd like to hear what what the, the listeners think but anyway going back to andrew's email he wrote in to say that he thinks a good length is the 30 to 45 minute mark which is pretty much what we're usually in and he let us slide for the bubbles because it was a pretty packed episode uh he's saying yes to a rip-off clones show that we should do an episode about rip-offs and clones and yes to a show all about williams so he's just a, he's a yes man isn't <laughs> <not true. laughs> he likes um, everything but- we do Exactly, but on uh, on bubbles, he never knew that Python did bubbles. That uh, lots of Williams pinballs and that kind of stuff. And he gave us a link to a show called Topcast. He particularly linked to episode forty-two, and he talks about um, he gives all the what's in there. And, and like, holy cow, this thing! I, I listened to bits of it, so I've I've uh, grabbed the whole show. But they they cover a lot of stuff. In, in 104 minutes, like just a lot of stuff. So we'll have a link to that over at uh, PinRepair.com. It's the top cast. and he also gave us a link to we we talked about the movie Arcade with my secret love Megan Ward, my <laughs> less secret love now that I'm telling everybody <laughs> Megan Ward. And he gave us a link to on YouTube. You can watch the the full movie, so rather than go through the parts. So I will add his link that he gave us into the show notes. And last, what really grabbed me was uh, he asked if we had heard of Polybius which is uh, the supposed CIA brainwashing arcade game that I think maybe Jack Flack talked about in an episode. I've been gorging myself on his podcast recently because he took a break and he came back. And so I've been listening to them all again. I think he talked about it. We're talking about something similar. So this was the, um, it's a bit of an urban legend of a CIA game that would show up and it would brainwash you. And then it would just mysteriously disappear. So I'm really not believing it, and I never heard of it before. But it's Polybius. So Mike, have have you experienced with Polybius? Have you been brainwashed by the man? Me, brainwashed? No. What are you talking about? (laughs) Ah, That's a yes.
1: Carrington. So we'll link to that as well
0: over on ScrewAttack.com. They have a discussion of uh, Polybius, the CIA brainwashing game. Thank you, Andrew, for making me aware of that because that's pretty awesome. I
1: think that's about the end of the well, the end of the email. No, Nels wrote in a good one that was. We well, he did, but we're going, to, we're going to use that to, to neatly segue into our next nice. section and not nice. tell the audience that we're going to do that. It's just going to happen yes, organically it's going to happen and
0: naturally, because that's the how audience things go on the show. We won't realize it's going to happen now that we've just discussed it. But I see your plan. I see your secret plan here, and I approve. Well, we will edit this
1: out later. Wink, wink, nudge, <laughs> nudge. There are things that I do want to complain about, however.
0: We'll start with... Yes. Old man Mikey Eyelashes <laughs> awesome. has complaints.
1: We, we have a new, a, a new segment
0: entitled Mike Complains About Things. I like it. It could be a spinoff podcast. <laughs> Atari Age. I've heard of them. I like Atari Age. How could you complain about Atari Age?
1: I'm kidding. I love these guys. Yeah, totally. But Cinecaster, who I think actually started listening recently and, and uh, has written in a couple of times, in the two worthy video game podcasts thread that's now up to 39 pages and nearly 1,000 messages, he says, I have a 50-minute commute to work one way, so I burn through a lot of cat, uh, podcasts. Here's what I listen to. And he's got a list of a bunch of different retro arcade type games. I always like
0: that. That's podcasts. how I find a lot of podcasts, when somebody says they listen to th- – and I'll look at their list and go, hey, I listen to those three. Let me try some more that you listen to. So, yeah, I love that.
1: He lists a whole bunch there, and they're definitely worth uh, – I've been checking them out just because of, of his recommendations. He's got the title and then a little write-up of what they're about. He does list us. Uh, he says with it we've he's only listened to a few episodes of but he loves the show so far.
0: He must have listened to the few good ones. Stop listening
1: now. RJ has written in a bunch of times to us. He says I got name dropped on No Quarter. I'm the guy who cleverly guessed Bubbles via Facebook and got Carrington laughing. So
0: you <laughs> I remember that was the best way to guess ever. He was going to sick less on us. That was awesome.
1: So there it is. Uh thank you again Atari Age. For- Forum and thread yeah, members. Totally. We're Atari Age
0: right. is aw- in fact, I'll, I'll put a link to Atari Age. page obviously must already be on there. I mostly just lurk. Atari Age is the best site and the best forum. I love Atari Age. Yes, we love you guys.
1: And if you name drop us, we name drop you. That's right. And speaking of name dropping, the Retro Junkies over on Facebook they mentioned us. So Facebook, if you're running, if you're running a page, it'll show you insights. This is what they call it. Basically, how many hits you get per day and who's following you and blah blah blah. Well, we normally get like 20 to 30 views per article that, that I post there. And none of which are me. <laughs> well, I logged in the other day, and one of them uh, had jumped up to 1,200 views. What? Yes, and I went, what? What is this? So it, it seems that uh, our friends over at uh, the Retro Junkies had mentioned uh, Food Fight and our, our coverage of that. And they mentioned it on their page, so everybody over there saw it. But we'd like to thank guys like the Retro Junkies, who have a lot more viewers and listeners than we do. We appreciate that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's really nice.
1: We did have some feedback on the show itself, speaking of Food Fight. Rob Luther says, Excellent show, guys. Much to my shame. I've never played this one. Is there an Atari collection on any consoles that might have this game? Now, this question has come up actually a couple of times. I've had a couple of emails about it, and it was mentioned at least twice on Facebook. You can play the 7800 version of this game.
0: Yeah, that's on a bunch of collections, I think.
1: It is, and... I think the most accurate one is is the one that you get with the Atari Flashback, the first one that you mentioned in the show.
0: Right, but I think it's only on the original. Atari it is, flashback. yeah. It's just yeah. on
1: the very first one. But as
0: you pointed and you out, want Flashback two. <laughs> well, not that's true
1: because then you can you can put the cartridge in there. Well, so. right,
0: yeah, <laughs> good point.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but both of those earlier cartridges are still inexpensive and easy to get, so it's yep. not like you have to run out to eBay and spend a hundred bucks on one.
0: But it's not quite the same as playing the arcade version. Well, that's true. Nothing is, is it? No. So I think what I would recommend is you buy your own cabinet. And invite us over, and we'll play. And in fact, Randall Belking agrees with you. Play it on the Atari 7800. Oh, no, he doesn't. Randall <laughs> Gilkey
1: specifically disagrees with me. It's almost non-existent home presence is, is a great reason to buy the coin op. Oh, he does agree with you. Ha! I'm back to lucky Randall. You're in. You're out. You're in. <laughs> and Mike says you're banned. Just because. Random bannings. And I think that's about all we have on Facebook, I'm sure okay. there's there's more, and I apologize for, for skipping anyone. That leads us to
0: our slick segue that we're not talking about. Nils wrote in, Nils is awesome, he always writes good stuff, and he says not to keep one in a suspenseful situation occurring at the end of a chapter, scene, or episode, but this week's game is... Cliffhanger! A Laserdisc game I played in emulation on Daphne many times but despite much searching many arcades over many long years, I have only laid eyes on the cabinet one time. And I will make sure we put a link to Daphne as well. We'll talk about Daphne during the episode, I'm sure. Oh, I have
1: complaining to do about Daphne.
0: Oh. (laughs) I don't. So we've got, um... Yes, this week's episode is the Stern Electronics Laserdisc game from 1983. Yes, 83, right at the tail end of the Laserdisc stuff. Uh, Way to go, Stern. Way to jump on that late bandwagon. And it's called Cliffhanger. And Vic Sage also guessed this correctly, so just wanted to mention that. Well done, Vic. Not surprising. I'm always a little surprised that people guess this up, because I don't really know how people are able to do that. But I guess if you really know a game. But I don't understand how many of our listeners really know every game. It's kind of crazy.
1: This Uh, game in particular, the, the sound clip that I chose was a section of what's, what came across to me as random noise, mostly. Because there are a few there are a few sections in here where if I had chosen those it would have been immediately, oh, that's what that is. you know, Sure, jump, because there's, there's
0: jump. lots of vocals and stuff. It's sort of like if you know the movie you'll know this. so And like most Laserdisc games, this is base, not just basically like playing a movie, it is literally playing a movie, <laughs> so we'll talk about that too. The game itself is uh, the gameplay is similar to most Laserdisc games, in that you are watching animated scenes and they'll become points that are pointed out to you that now you should interact and you've got two buttons two action buttons one labeled hands and one labeled feet Uh, basically that's for upper and lower body movement and you've got a four-way joystick so during your action cues you move the joystick say to move the car you have to go in the right direction or you lose you know what carrington i know what carrington i'm
1: going to interrupt you here um i I hope so i think the game voiceover does a much better job of telling us how to play so i'm gonna let him do that right now Do it.
0: Insert.
2: Cliffhanger, the game that keeps you on the edge of your toes. By controlling the joystick and the action button, you determine the fate of Cliff, a lovable outcast in his quest to rescue one beautiful, breathtaking lady. But one mistake, and you've blown it. Will Count Draco strike the first blow? Will the princess be forced to marry someone she can't stand? Will Cliff get stuck in a trap door for the rest of his life? Or will our inventive international hero leap to the rescue only to be caught hanging around again? Whether Cliff continues his fight to give hope to the helpless is in your hands. Good luck. So you are playing Cliff,
0: trying to rescue Clarissa from Count Draco. All of these names are wrong. Because these are not the names (laughs) from the actual movie. Because this really is The Castle of Cagliostro, which is uh, an anime film. Basically, it's Lupin the Third, the second movie in the the Lupin the Third series. And it's famous for being the first movie directed by uh, Miyazaki. So if you're a Miyazaki fan, and you should be, then um, you would probably get around to watching this movie anyway. I'd never played this game, though I was aware of it. So we'll talk a bit about the trivia of the game and, and what it's kind of famous for. But when you suggested it, I was excited because it was a game I had never played before. And then when I'm playing it, I'm like, I've played this game. How do I know this game? Why have I played this game? <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've watched this game. So it's like I sat down and watched a perfect playthrough at one point in the past, which is basically this movie. So if you don't feel like playing the game, you can just sit down and watch the movie. Because it's basically the movie is the game. Except they also took some stuff from the other the movie. A little bit of trivia. We'll have links to all that as well. So I'll, I'll get a link to the... Maybe the Wikipedia page and the IMDb page so you can check out the the movie itself. Now, Mike, have have you seen the movie before? I knew nothing about this game before I chose it. Never seen any of the stuff. So you never played this game in the arcade? I have not, nope. I had not either. I played played Laserdisc games before. Like, I played Space Ace. I played Dragon Age. But I had never played this game. Although, I thought I had never heard of it. But it turns out that back in the eighties, I had an argument about this game with a fellow named Nick. I was good friends with Nick. Hi, Nick. If you're listening, I haven't talked to you in twenty years. So Nick and I went to see The Goonies. We came out of The Goonies and we were discussing it because Goonies is awesome. I will hear. I will. I will truck no dissent about The Goonies. I
1: can't descend because I haven't seen it.
0: Yeah, you're 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 dead to me. Go. <laughs> you speaking <laughs> of band. You. <laughs> so we went to see The Goonies and we were talking about it later and talking about the effects and talking about the the one kid talking about the octopus and like, but there was no octopus. What's going on? So weird. And he brought up the vi somehow he brings up, I think he, cause he'd seen the, the film before brings up the video game that chunk is playing at, at one point. And I was like, okay. Cause you know, video games awesome, but I really had no response to this. And he's like, They put in a fake video game. Like this game isn't a real game. And they did a bad job of making it look like a video game. Because it's clearly just playing like a fake video. And he's obviously not playing. I'm like well maybe he's not playing. But it won't be a fake game. So we had this whole argument about this game and how it's not a real game because you can tell they're trying to make it look like in the future video games will look amazing and i'm like but this doesn't take place in the future it takes (laughs) place now why would they be faking a future video game and he was totally convinced that this film was supposed to be taking place like 10 years in the future and and they were subtly telling you that by how they made this video game that looked so much more amazing than video games can possibly look and it turns out that that video game is this video game is cliffhanger and it's just it's a laser disc game so it doesn't look like major things so nick i'm winning this argument now this podcast officially is me winning that argument because i wow. said it was a real game or wasn't in the future and i was right Whew, go carrington take that holds <laughs> <Nick>. grudges
1: <laughs> no kidding <laughs>
0: So that is sort of my my first experience with this game, was a quick flash in the movie Goonies, and then a sustained argument about it afterward that I have finally won 30 years later. So you should watch Goonies. I'll have a link to Goonies and a link to a discussion on thegoonies.org, which is a, a bulletin board to discuss the Goonies, because the Goonies is awesome. And they, they discuss uh, that this is the video game that Chuck is playing.
1: Because this is a LaserDisc game, you can play it in MAME, but you can also play it in another emulator called Daphne. Which you love. I do actually love Daphne. I think it's a great idea because it's a laser game-specific emulator. It just emulates all the the LaserDisc games out there. The way it works is you log in, you, you, you download and install it, and you tell it what game you want. It will go and download the files necessary. The way, as I understand it, LaserDisc emulation works is the... The movie files, the, the motion picture portions of the game that you see on the screen while you're playing have been converted to MPEGs. And then as you play through the game, the, emu- the emulator just presents these MPEG files to you. And, and that's great. And it works really well. And, and in fact, I would actually recommend
0: that you play this game through Daphne.
1: Oh, instead of, instead of
0: MAME. I played it in MAME. And it actually plays well in MAME, where a lot of laser just don't.
1: It does play well in MAME. And, the I think the, I think there have been some threads out there that say that the image quality is actually better in MAME because they, the the were converted at a higher bit rate or something. The problem with playing it in MAME is that if you don't already have if you didn't get your MAME ROMs and CHDs the way Carrington did by sending a hard drive to somebody and having them fill it up, you're going to have to download it. And to do that, the CHD for Cliffhanger is 13 gigabytes. Gigabytes. That's a lot of gigabytes. A lot of gigabytes. So if you don't have the bandwidth or, the, or you don't want to take the time to download 13 gigs just to play along with us, you can play it through Daphne, which gives you the same experience uh, with a much smaller download. Oh, okay, cool. The problem, though, that I have with Daphne is that, um okay, so the company Digital Leisure, Digital Leisure, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, they own the rights to Dragon's Lair, Space Ace, and uh, I think a couple of other of these LaserDisc games. Maybe they're all the Don Bluth ones. I haven't done a lot of research. They're very aware of emulation and of Daphne and MAME and that people are not paying for their property. And so what they've done is with Daphne, they went to the developers and said, we need you to build this mechanism into the game where you can't play, you can't download or play this game unless you have an original one of our Dragon's Lair discs, for example. Right. They didn't do that with Cliffhanger, but they did it with Dragon's Lair, Space Ace, Dragon's Lair 2, and I think a couple of other titles. Kind of bugs me that that they did that. I get why they would want to protect the property because they think that they can make money off of it. So that that's a little annoying. And there there's a rumor, and I don't know how true this is, but uh, there was a rumor that Dragon's Lair and the other digital leisure titles didn't work, don't work in MAME because they've talked to the MAME developers and said you can't make this work in MAME. So they've broken, intentionally broken emulation. No. Oh. So that's my problem with my little rant about Daphne. Obviously, you can play Cliffhanger in either one of these, and to the game itself, I really enjoyed Cliffhanger. As I was playing through it, I was reminded of why I didn't play laserdisc games as a kid because they're too expensive. One, they were fifty cents instead of twenty five. That's a my, lot of cents. God, are you kidding me? Heart attack right
0: here. Crazy.
1: The other thing is that it costs you a lot of money to memorize the joystick patterns to get through the movie, basically. Mm-hmm. So you get to a certain point and, and you'll see on the bottom of the screen, it'll say joystick or it'll say foot button or I think, but it's up to you to figure out which way you need to move the joystick to swerve the car to get around as you're being chased down the bridge. And invariably for me, it, you know, it end up in this case with Cliff for whatever reason hanging from a rope at the bottom of a gallows because that's how he dies in
0: this game. I saw that quite a bit. <laughs> yes. yes. I was hung many, yes. many times. And
1: so. The, the, the way it works is you just keep pumping quarters in and getting back, you know, you get back to that point, and you figure it out, and you get a little bit further and die again and start over. And it was expensive and monotonous, and for me, these sort of games, it did, didn't feel like these games required as much skill as, as say, a game like Donkey Kong or Defender, because it was just a matter of timing the joystick to match the animation to get through a story, and the story that they were telling this little these little animated movies, whether it's Dragon's Lair or Cliffhanger, that's that was the attraction, that was the draw, because you look at these and visually and and orally they're so far ahead of the other games that came out at the time that that was what attracted people to them.
0: Yeah, but the problem is, like you say, to me, I I can see the argument that these aren't video games. It's like playing a giant game of Simon while trying to watch a Miyazaki film. Yeah. So it's like basically there's seven things you can do. You can press up, down, left, right, hand, foot, or do nothing. And so when you're prompted, like, those are your responses. And unlike a video game where you're going to, say, move your your machine a little left, a little right, or up, or fire, this is during a certain period of, like, a, a small window of time, you have to do a specific thing. Like, so it really is more memorizing actions and just repeating them. So I don't know. There's something something about that
1: really doesn't appeal to me. I considered them to be less of a, a pure gaming experience and more of a multimedia consumption experience. Now, at the time, as a young kid, I was a snob. Hey, you play laser disc games? Screw you! You don't know what you are doing. <laughs> is that is that what you sounded
0: like? Was Pretty that, much, was well, that, a little, little bit little higher. Down, My you... voice was a little bit
1: higher, but yeah, just as whiny <laughs> and nasally. <laughs> Obviously, now I can I pre- definitely can appreciate these games. as a different gaming experience mm. um, because the stories are fun, the the animations are are fun to watch, and. And I get that the, the timing of the joystick thing was done specifically because they needed to make sure that you had a smooth experience while these scenes were loading from the disc. Cause it took, it takes time to skip around on a laser disc and find the, the movie file and, and then stream that through the electronics to the screen. And if they don't do it right, you hit the joystick and there's, you know, then it sits there for, it lags for a second and it can quickly become a really awful experience. So I get why right. they did this, but, Growing up, this just wasn't really all that appealing to me. I mean, it's okay. So how much money did you spend to get to the end of Dragon's Lair kind of a thing? Right. Now, yeah. as an adult and, and having something like the internet available where I can just go to YouTube and watch somebody else play this and go, Oh, that's where I need to move the joystick. It's a lot different because back then you didn't have, if you, if you were lucky, you had somebody at your local arcade who knew how to play this game. And you could kind of watch his moves and try to, try to emulate those. Uh, or maybe if if you were in the right section of the bookstore they happened to have one of those how to win the dragon's lair you know which had the little arrows and, and those crude drawings of what was on the screen right i remember those totally but other than that it was it was trial by it was a it was you know a trial and error experience you just dump quarters in and um Hit the joystick and nope, nope, wasn't supposed to
0: move that way because I'm dead again. Let me let me start again and go back and memorize left, left, up, right, left. It's it's like a giant Konami code exactly to, to unlock <laughs> the end of this. So
1: uh, as a kid, wasn't really interested in this sort of laser disc game. There was the other type, and I, I realize that I'm turning this into just a laser disc game
0: podcast in general, but that's what I'm gonna well, do. Well, because this is the first laser disc game we've talked about though in in all these episodes.
1: The other type of laser game is more where it uses animations in the background for the game that it's presenting to you. So there's a game called Firefox, which is actually one of my favorite arcade games of all time.
0: I have never played it.
1: Based on the 1982 Clint Eastwood movie where he goes to Russia, steals a, a super secret superplane, and flies it back to the United States running from the Russians the whole time.
0: I would assume that that's what one would do if there was a super secret superplane out
1: there. How could you resist? Probably so. So... That game is in that game. You're getting animations from the movie, and and as you're flying over lakes and through uh, forests and stuff, those are the animations you get. But the the arcade action is still arcade action. You're still shooting at incoming planes and trying to avoid them, rather than rather than making your way and running up points, rather than trying to make your way through right.
0: an animated comic book. So, so I can see. i I'm 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 ambivalent here. I'm definitely of two minds because the gameplay to me doesn't feel arcade gameplay and maybe that's a snobby thing it just feels like i i watch a movie and every once in a while i'm told stop watching press a button oh yeah stop like press to continue and so it doesn't it doesn't feel as fluid it doesn't feel as natural i don't get lost in these games the way i can get lost in playing gravitar or something where it's it's i really feel like i'm in control here i feel more like i'm directing left Mm -hmm. right oh i was late and so therefore i lose so that part doesn't appeal to me at all but the actual plot of this game appealed to me greatly but so i i enjoyed that bit but i i kind of wanted to stop having to interact and i would have preferred to say well let's go there should be a movie mode for these games where basically it'll say insert 50 cents and you'll get to watch this much of the game and after a given time you just insert more money and i'm like you know what it's going to cost me 25 dollars to watch this movie fine i'll just keep putting quarters in
1: well it's interesting that you should mention that because when i was in the arcades that's what i would do i would just I didn't want to dump 50 cents in and and die after three moves. And so I would just watch better players than myself play the game for a while. And that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that greatly.
0: But you could do that now. You could put on a copy of of The Castle of Cagliostro, Cagliostro and then just play the arcade ambient stuff in the background. And then have somebody stand in front of you, so you look over their shoulder, and you can replicate that exact experience. You could, but in 1983, I didn't have a copy of The Castle of Cagliostro. So. Well, I'm not surprised, because it actually it got dubbed into English in for theatrical release in the U.S. in 1991. So I think when this game was out, um, I certainly had not heard. I wasn't a Miyazaki fan at all. I Probably at this point, I'd watched maybe one anime, so I didn't know... Watching it now, I'm trying and playing the game now. I tried to imagine what it would have been like playing it at the time, and it definitely would have struck me as this is obviously not originally in English, it has the distinct look of anime or a French film, even. So, it definitely did not. I would have known, I think, at the time, well, this clearly wasn't originally English, but I wouldn't have known at the time when this came out, what film this was from.
1: Yeah, it sounds very uh very obscure. I doubt mm. very many people at all knew at the well, time. Well I think
0: now people know, because Miyazaki's so amazing and so famous, I think people go back like I do and watch his whole catalog.
1: Yeah, and you have the the internet to tell you things and
0: what you should read and what you should believe. And what you should watch naked. Right, exactly. What? <laughs> <laughs> so this this was used in we talked about how it was used in the Goonies, but it was also used in a very special episode of Starcade. So normally in Starcade you would play three games. Starcade should come back, man. Some, somebody should Kickstarter and just fund that, and I will totally chip in money. I want a new Starcades. So, but this was a very special episode of Starcade where everybody played Cliffhanger three times. So it was like an all Cliffhanger special because it's such a special game.
2: And Kevin will tell us why this is kind of a special day here on Starcade. Kev. There's only one game on today's show, Jeff. It is
0: Cliffhanger, and sweetie, you're gonna
2: love it.
1: That sort of really covers the gameplay. I mean, there's not a whole lot to, and it's it's kind of sad, but it's the same with almost every laser disc game of this type, where you're just making your way through a story, and you're kind of doing it by sort of figuring out the timing of joysticks and button presses. You know? Right? Dragon's Lair was obviously the king of that, but Cliffhanger replicates that gameplay experience different story but well even the story's not that different cuz you're still rescuing a princess at the end
2: Stern Electronics introduces its newest form of coin operated entertainment Cliffhanger an exciting challenging animated film video game on laser disc
0: Carrington is there anything special about the cabinet Well there is the look of the cabinet's kind of interesting it's got blue sides and a red front side art's not that great frankly it's like small side art it looks nice but you'd think for a game of this sort of stature, they would have done more on the side art. And I get that the art like side art often was hidden because it would be shunted between two other games. But I remember at the time, like laserdisc games in arcades often were kind of off on their own because they were a little more special and they were the fifty cent games and stuff. So I think the side art would have been more visible. So I'm surprised they didn't do a little better on it. According to there's um there's a, a promotional video put out that was given out at some maybe it's CES or something like that all about this game and why I should have it and that video is on YouTube and it's really well worth watching so I'll put a link to that promotional video on on our show notes but according to that this cabinet's made of three quarter inch solid plywood wow um, not made of like MDF or OSB like what so normally cabinets you touch them with water and they just dissolve. So that's interesting and probably means that these things have hung around a little better because of that. Also, the front of it has not one, not two, not three, but count of four cabinets. So it's got the usual coin door and coin box door. But in addition, it has a mechanism door and a laser door and those open up and the, the laser disc is on the bottom and it pulls out on a tray for servicing and changing stuff. And the mechanism door basically pulls out the main board again on a slide out so you can get at it. So it's um, a fellow named Sticky Fox or somebody goes by Sticky Fox a couple of years ago on the comments to that promotional video does a little comment as if this is some sort of Transformers thing because he's like coin door cash box door mechanism door laser door By your powers combined I have front access for ease of service
2: I'm like oh sticky fox well played so that made me laugh with Stern quality is foremost coupled with income producing features and service innovations listen to these features the cliffhanger cabinet features three quarter inch plywood ensuring complete stability throughout the life of the game Four individual doors in front, coin door, cash box door, mechanism door, and laser door. As a result, Cliffhanger has front access for ease of service. The laser disc player is the latest state-of-the-art and is additionally protected by properly shock-mounting the unit. The laser disc player is also cooled and ventilated properly. Fans ventilate one and one-half times more filtered air as recommended by disc player manufacturers works in a drawer for logic system and disk player. Additional features include multiple difficulty levels, full complement of service modes, which include bookkeeping, game score detail, game adjustment, game play statistics, monitor tests, and sound test. So problems to
0: expect in these cabinets if you can hunt one down. The disks rot. The Laserdisc players often are non-original or non-functional. The original one should be a Pioneer PR 82.10 82.10 is the one that came in it. Lots of them seem to have broken or replaced doors. So those awesome front doors, which also stopped it from having a lot of front art. Those seem to not be original, a lot of things. If you get a complete... If you can hunt down one of these complete cabinets with mostly original parts and not a lot of water damage or whatever, you can expect to pay 4000 and up for wow. that. It's a crazily expensive game. My goodness. And there's a lot of conversion kits that converted this cabinet to play other things (laughs) so it's like super cobra and that kind of stuff so um, a lot of these i think got converted out because it again like we talked about at the beginning of the episode it came at the tail end of the the laser disc time so uh wasn't really a huge hit i think i had never heard of it so yeah so it's it's a fairly rare game mostly because not a lot of them were made and the well there were feet below the the laser disc to get rid of vibration it's a fairly delicate way to set up a game to have a laser display or so they don't survive the years and moving as well as a lot of other games do so it's hard to track one down because of that so it is like most laser disc games you're playing a, a very very pretty penny if you if you want to pick up one of these so.
1: it sounds like the the modular design that they used and the front loading cabinets were obviously designed for troubleshooting and 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 probably for upgrading to future games. But it doesn't sound like that worked out well in the end. Nope. And that's unfortunate. And combined with this game coming at the end of sort of the Laserdisc craze uh, for games, that just didn't do very well. A cliffhanger used the Pioneer PR8210 Laserdisc player itself, but you can also swap in uh, the Laserdisc, the Pioneer LD1100 or the 8210 a So if you can't get the original, you can put in some others. Uh, the Dragon's Lair Project webpage has a tech document on exactly all the parts that are in this cabinet and what you would need to do if you wanted
0: to upgrade it to, say, Dragon's Lair or a different laser game as well. Mm-hmm. That's a good site. I'll make sure we have a link to that in show notes too. So it's dragons-layer-project.com. And so that seems to be one of the premier sites if you're interested in Laserdisc stuff. What I found interesting with that site is they build themselves as the source for info and a forum about Laserdisc games. Laserdisc being two words. I'm like. But laserdisc is one word. You're the source for info and you misspell your own credits. <laughs> Sorry, well, I I, I
1: wonder weird. if laserdisc as one word is is a trademark or something and they got threatened.
0: Oh, maybe it is. But still I can talk about it. It's like saying Sony Games. Right. It's a thing, yeah, but it's all yeah, But you can't name your webpage. I can. Sony. I can, I
1: will. I found a a technical notes PDF that was compiled by James Bright over at quarterarcade.com. It's uh, 18 pages and it has it goes through the block diagrams of of the boards and the the various chips that are included and what you will need any any adjustments that you'll need to make and it's actually a very interesting technical document because he he goes through every one of the boards and the the components in the machine and talks about what you'll find there and how it works and how to sweet. And you can use an NTSC card in a JAMA cabinet and there's procedures for that. You know, when you turn it on, this is what you should see. And then you might get a message, for example, that says disc not up to speed, but that doesn't mean that your laser disc is bad. And here's why it's, it's worth reading if you
0: collect these games. Holy cow. Yeah. So I'll make sure we get a link to that because yeah, that, that's a good thing. So speaking of which though, Mike, would this cabinet make the cut for you? Is this something you'd want to play an original cabinet? Would you want it in your, your own arcade? Is it okay to play it on Mame or Daphne? Or what's your call? You mean, is it one of the top 40 games that are in my top five games list? <laughs> Is it one of your 40 or 50 <laughs> top five games?
1: Um, no, It's it was fun to play. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I had more fun actually kind of watching the video, the YouTube video of somebody else playing through because I got the whole storyline that way and I didn't have to get frustrated with dropping virtual quarters in and getting back to... A, Trying to time a joystick jump properly, yeah. It's it's somebody should have these things so they have a save game button. If you really do want to play this game, it works fine in MAME. I don't think you need a cabinet for this. You're not missing anything by by not having the cabinet. Yeah, because it's two buttons in a four way. So um, um, yeah, I don't think you I don't think you need to run out and buy one, especially not with a four thousand dollar price tag.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree completely, and I think it's something that I mean, if you're into LaserDisc games, which Honestly, I think I'm not. But if you were, I can see that would be like a thing to collect. Try to get all the laserdisc games because you could get the whole set. They're expensive each, but there's not a ton of them. But for me, I, they never gripped me at the time. And I really like the plot of this movie, so I recommend the movie. Right? Yeah, that's what can just, I recommend. You
1: can just go get the get a you know twenty bucks on a DVD and watch it that way. Yeah.
0: And that said, I did go get Dragon's Lair for when it came out for iOS. I got it. Reminded me that I sucked at it. And I stopped playing. <laughs> So, you know, there's that. Dragsler, man, these, these games just keep taking my money.
1: It did bother me playing through that you keep getting these, like, the, in the middle of this beautiful animation and, and smooth graphics and stuff, you get these DOS-looking
0: 8-bit text characters and stuff. Absolute DOS, yeah. I kept wondering if that was just the meme setup, if that wasn't what it was supposed to I don't think so.
1: Like. I've never played this in the arcade, but everything that I'm seeing is that this was part of the experience. Wow.
0: Because to me, that looked like it had been tacked on. By name. And I appreciate it because it told me when to do stuff. But I kept thinking, I wonder if that wasn't actually part of the arcade experience. Because the text just looks so bad. Yeah, the
1: whole, like, the DOS menu telling you, you blew it. I, that, that was in the original game, so. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, not so much fun. So how did you do, though? Like, how far did you get into this thing? I, jeez, I got, I want to say, five or six scenes in. Not very far at all. I get frustrated with this sort of thing pretty quickly, even when they're not right. real quarters. Um, I just get kind of bored, and like, okay, well, I've I've tried to time this joystick move six times, and I didn't get it, so I don't know how much more time I want to invest right. continuing well, the to The nice try. thing is you get,
0: like, a 1,000 points for doing anything, so you rack up huge scores completely. Yeah.
1: Again, I think, as you'd said, Karen, this isn't so much an arcade game experience, so the points, I mean, I didn't even really notice the... I mean, I saw that I was getting points, but... As far as high scores, and I remember this being the case in, in Dragon's Lair too, the score was more an indication of how far you got into the story yeah. than, in, than like how good you were at the game. So.
0: Like how i I got, um, I did look at my score because I'm competitive. I'm going to call so. this a win for me. And I got 36,000. All my scores always were ending in thousands. Like you get a thousand or 10,000. Like you get these huge numbers for any small thing you do. So I got as far as very, very early in the game. There's this car chase sort of along a cliff. I rescued Clarissa at the end of the car chase where you're end up hanging off the cliff and then you go down and then she runs away and says, I'll explain later. And then a helicopter would come and kill me. And that's as far as I could get. And I finally gave up stupid helicopter.
1: I kept dying right before the helicopter scene. I'd seen that in the, the playthrough. So I knew what was coming, but so I'm going to put you down for 35,000. Uh, it was
0: 32,000 <laughs> as I'm looking at it now. So 32,000. <laughs> so yeah, so we've got right in this and that's as far as I could get. And it took, I only got to the helicopter twice. And then I, I was so frustrated by not being able to go, like, oh, my God, I have to go through this whole thing again to get past this helicopter. It needs a save game. Like, it needs to be in, le- in segments or, or a, a cheat code that says, hey, you've done the, the... – because at the end of the car chase, it's definitely at the end of a, of a segment. Like, it feels like we're, we finished, like, a French scene in, in film terminology. And it felt like I was at the end of that. That should be a save point. I should be able to start the game. Like, maybe have a menu with the be in the game that says, well, where do you want to start and I would have put a lot more money into a game like this because I would have said, oh, good, I've got past the car chase once. I'm done with that plot. Let me pick up from the helicopter. And I could put my money in and just start dodging the helicopter.
1: Looking at my show notes here, my, my game notes here, there were some other things that kind
0: of, the the English dubbing really kind of bothered me. Well, it bothered me, too, because I watch these films never in-dubbed. I prefer – so, but I can imagine trying to read subtitles and watch a movie and play this game of Simon. That would be too much. I can
1: see why they wouldn't do that, but – the voice acting was kind of terrible. And it looks like I didn't, as I said, I didn't get as far into it as this, but the death scene was, the death scenes were always sort of generic. They didn't seem to have a lot to do. Like, so in, in Dragon's Lair, when you get burned by the dragon, it shows you being fried to a crisp.
0: Yes. And there'd be different ones. Right. And this one, it's it's you hanging from a noose every single time. And I think it's because that, that is an early scene in the other movie with, with Lupin the third, um where he's getting hung at the beginning of the film and so they just had that and so that's what they do they i don't think they were trying to make a lot of new animation for this
1: it does look like the the game gets quite a bit more difficult further in there's i guess some some ninja fight scenes that
0: are everybody everybody crazy online hard. says they get as far as the ninja and and i'm like okay wh- when do the ninjas come in <laughs>
1: Uh I'm looking at an article over at Plato's Cavern 2.talkspot.com that's talking about uh, a little bit of this, and it looks like the ninja scene is probably, yeah, like you said, where nobody gets past that because it's just very, very difficult. So I, I like the game. I enjoyed the story behind it. I just don't,
0: it's not, like you said, I would rather just watch the DVD of the movie. Right. So I, I'd give it a miss as well. It's definitely worth checking out, I think, especially if you've never played a LaserDisc game. Actually, if you've never played a LaserDisc game, go with, with the Dragon's Lair, I think. But um, Well, no, you go
1: with Space Ace, because that's the, that's truly the best LaserDisc game there is. You think? Okay, then we'll have to talk about those in future episodes. Or you can, you can choose the other route and play the arcade-type LaserDisc game where you're still getting arcade action, and they're using the LaserDisc as sound and image
0: for the backgrounds rather than... Right. M- Rather than making that the point of the game. I do that personally. I often walk around with a screen behind me and then a laser just presenting things. I like to have a theme song. Oh. I make, I make a real entrance. I was a hit at the party. I can't wait to see that at Kansas Fest. <laughs> I look <laughs> forward to it. Absolutely. Yep. So speaking of looking forward, mm-hmm. he said, segwaying <laughs> like the podcasting master. That he <laughs> Nicely done, sir. What game can we look forward to playing next week?
1: Here it is. At any rate, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to another fine episode of the No Quarter Show.
0: It was fine. (laughs) And I want to go back to bed now. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Excellent. Well, thank you for podcasting with me. Thank you, Carrington. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. Feedback can be sent to NoQuarter at MonsterFeet.com. And like all Monster Feet podcasts, the original material in this show has been released to the public domain.
2: Cliffhanger, the game that keeps you on your toes and keeps players hanging in there. Cliffhanger by Stern Electronics Incorporated.